Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Today is August 29th, 2016, and you are indeed Locked On Magic for another exciting off-season week of Orlando Magic Talk. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I am the expert and editor at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and we are entering a fun week over at Orlando Magic Daily. I do want to note uh, the special project that we are doing, and I'll be talking about it a little bit on Locked on Magic, as well as hopefully bringing in uh, some of our panel over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, but it being the last week of August, the first week of September, not a lot going on in the world of basketball, so we are adding our list to Already so many lists. Uh, the OrlandoMagic.com just finished up their list. Uh, some other sites have done their list as well. But we are entering the fray with with our staff uh, selections for the top 25 players in Orlando Magic history. Be sure to go to OrlandoMagicDaily.com and check that out each morning throughout the week. I'll discuss uh, some of our selections on this show as well uh, as as a companion piece to that, but be sure to check up check out all the great write ups from from our from our staff and our, our contributing writers over on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. It's a really really fun project. I've obviously seen the full list, and it is a, a, I think it's a pretty legitimate list. Certainly, people will disagree. I'm sure people will will definitely disagree uh, with our top pick, but I, I think the list is very fair and, and a good look at. Orlando Magic history and some of the great players that have come through the city beautiful. On today's show, though, we are going to talk a little bit about the the back end of that list, numbers 21 through 25, but first I'm going to talk a little bit about whether the Magic actually have developed depth and whether they've uh, successfully resolved that problem that they they had last year, and let's let's be honest, they, they definitely had a depth issue last season. But first, I do need to note a couple of random news items, not anything too crazy, but this is in the category of, God, do we need basketball? The Orlando Magic have officially announced new numbers for several players. Uh, Obviously, the new players needed their numbers officially awarded, are given to them, Uh, and uh, there's actually one surprising change on the Magic roster when it can, when it comes to num when it comes to jersey numbers and again something small no one really cares too much about uh, but it is something that uh fan, that people like to talk about and uh, we got none better to talk about right here so taking a look at it now uh the new numbers for for the players DJ Augustin will wear number 14 I think that was expected uh, Bismack Biombo will wear number 11 Jeff Green number 34 uh, Jody Meeks number 20 Serge Ibaka number 7 that one was previously announced C.J. Wilcox, number 23, and Steven Zimmerman, number 33. Uh, If you paid attention there, you probably noted that uh, one of the new Magic roster players is taking the number of an old Magic roster player, Uh, and that would be Mario Azonia. Mario Azonia has indeed officially switched from number 23 to number 8. So if you bought a number 23 jersey last year, I'm sorry, that jersey's a little out of date now. 
Uh, Hazonia, of course, wore number eight uh, for the Croatian national team. I believe he wore that as well for FC Barcelona. It's been rumored that he'd made this change uh, for a while, that, that he actually wanted it when he came to Orlando last year, but uh, uh, Channing Fry was wearing it at the time, and, and him being the rookie, he's not winning that battle. Uh, so even though we like number 23 is, is kind of our, our narrative with Mario, he's, he's, unfortunately, he's unfortunately not wearing that jersey anymore. It will be number 8, and this is, of course, all according to the Orlando Magic's official website. I'm not a big numbers guy. I mean, I, I guess there was a time when I, when I thought it was cool and, and had fun with, with jersey numbers and, and memorizing them, and yes, I probably do memorize random jersey numbers more than I should, uh, but something fun, something newsy, do with it what you will. Think, uh, think some think it's ridiculous that Tazonia is changing his jersey number. Drop us a line uh, on Locked On Magic. Uh, use the hashtag Locked On Magic on Twitter. Tweet us directly at OmagicDaily or, or or send us an angry email at OmagicDaily at gmail.com. Uh, certainly, some people are not so thrilled that uh, their jerseys no longer are accurate, but. Uh, such as life uh, in the NBA. Uh, Mario Hazonia moving from Michael Jordan's number to Kobe Bryant's old number. Take it like that, and the narrative with Hazonia still works. All right, let's talk about today's main topic, and that is about the bench. You know, when we look at this Orlando Magic team, uh, we certainly do feel that they have a good bench. I mean, I think a lot of, uh, I think, you know, when I look at this team, I think, Depth is supposed to be one of the team's strengths. And, you know, it it takes me a little bit by surprise to say that because I think we were saying that last year. The Magic had the 13th highest scoring bench in the league last year, but the 18th best offensive rating off the bench last year, at least from reserve players. Um, they were 20th in the league in bench net ratings. So last year, depth was not a strength. And, and it certainly was tested uh, pretty strongly. If, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with injuries. I mean, Alfred Payton got hurt. C.J. Watson got hurt. Uh, Mario Hazonia was still a rookie. You know, Dwayne Dedman never really kind of developed into anything. Uh, you know, a lot of us believe the Orlando Magic had good depth last year entering the season, and it just never came to fruition. It, it was very, very clear. The Magic just couldn't get that together. They couldn't put it all together uh, on that front. And so, you know, the Magic reformed their roster a lot this year, and, and certainly a big portion of it was adding depth and adding veteran depth. So, you know, in comes a player like Jody Meeks, in comes DJ Augustin, in comes Bismack Biyombo, uh, in comes Jeff Green. This would theoretically make the defense, or make the depth on this team much better. It certainly looks like the Magic should be a deeper team and should be able to rely on their bench just a little bit more. Now, whether they whether they they actually do this or not is is a completely different question. I mean, I think I think there's there's a lot though banking on whether the Magic have their depth here. It's been interesting watching the the review of the summer. Uh, there's been some positional rankings uh, thrown out there, and, and and like with most things, it, it feels like the Magic really run the gamut. Uh, we've seen uh, CBS Sports put the Magic in 23rd, uh, 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 according to their bench or, or, or the strength of their bench. Uh, and then we saw Sir Charles in charge, but the Magic in the top 10. When you look at the second unit, it, it's probably going to end up being DJ Augustin at point guard, Joni Meeks or CJ Wilcox at shooting guard, Mario Azoni at small forward, 
uh, Jeff Green at power forward, and then Bismack Biombo at center. That's that's just a, you know, if everyone plays that bench unit type deal. Um, that looks like a good lineup. That looks like a good bench lineup going up against second unit guys. I mean, we know Jeff Green is good for a good a, a really strong game here and there. Uh, we we some a lot of us believe Bismack Biombo is, is capable of being a starter. Uh, who knows if he actually can reach that level? But he'll start on the bench, and even if he doesn't, Nikola Vucevic coming off the bench is is a really strong player to have off the bench. It's it's certainly um, a good sign for the Magic that that they have a starter quality guy coming off the bench, possibly two starter quality guys. We certainly like Mario Hazonia as a rook, as a rookie, or, or believe that he'll take a big step into a sophomore year, and so that again looks like Hazonia is going to be. A, a strong player for for the Magic, uh, and then you know DJ Augustin has been a solid backup point guard throughout his entire career. So at the very least, you can say the Magic improved their depth from last year. They they really can go ten guys deep and feel pretty comfortable. That is certainly a good sign for the Magic. That's certainly mean. That's that's again a reason why even if you are questioning what they've done with their with their starting lineup and with some of their other moves, you can certainly sense that they've gotten better. That they've at least improved this aspect of the team. And certainly we believe that their defense is going to be much better or, or, or that their defense potentially could be much better with some of the additions they've made. And that all points to the Magic potentially being a better team. Just, just from basic, this player is better than that player, this unit's better than that unit, so on and so forth. Um... The question is, will will they? You know, I think it's pretty clear that the Magic got better this summer. Whether whether that's enough to make the playoffs is another issue. And and how important is depth to begin with? Is it just a, a bulwark against injury, or or can it really be a weapon? And I think for the Magic to be successful this year, it, they they need a top def- they need a top ten defense. They need one of the best defenses in the league. But I think they're also going to need a bench that can dominate teams, or they'll, they'll need to win those second and late third quarters, those second quarters and early fourth quarters when their bench unit is in. They're not going to be able to, I mean, it doesn't look like they're going to be able to score consistently. It doesn't look like they're going to be able to have a top offense. But if they can win these middle quarters and give themselves a chance, like they can't fall behind in these moments, then they're going to be in good shape. The second unit is probably not going to be as strong defensively. I mean, Biombo will erase a lot of mistakes, but it, it doesn't look like they'll be as strong defensively as, as the starters potentially can be. And certainly, some starters will be intermixed. I think we expect to see Aaron Gordon at the four a little bit more with Biombo in there. Um, possibly Green at the three, maybe Herzoni at the two. Who knows if Jody Meeks is going to be healthy? Who knows what C.J. Wilcox is going to give you? It, it, it's it's not a it's not a black and white you know unit. Obviously, as as far as as far as only bench guys in, only starters in. It, it, it's tough to really pin this down. But certainly the talent level has increased, and certainly the Magic seem to be a better group with this with this in. So again, the big question is, do the Mag- Magic actually have depth? And I think for once about this roster, we can actually say yes. They have proven depth. They have guys who have proven themselves in this league as solid, not solid players and solid backup players in their roles. Bismack Biombo is one of the best backup centers in the league, or he was last year, and, and we see starter potential in him. Uh, we believe Mario Azonia is going to take a big step forward. We believe, you know, DJ Augustin has proven himself to be a solid backup point guard. 
Jeff Green, for all his inconsistency and, and maddening inconsistency for his career, is a quality player to bring off the bench. Certainly a quality talent to bring off the bench. Joni Meeks, when he's been healthy, has proven he is a good shooter. And so there's a lot more proven. Like, we've talked a lot on the show about how the reason the Magic aren't getting the love nationally is because so much is unproven. Their starters are, are their reserves are about as proven as, as, as reserves can be. And so certainly I think that second unit, that, that depth, the Magic actually have depth. Now, do you want any of those players starting is the real question. And if the starters don't work out, is that depth going to be valuable in replacing those starters that you or players that you thought would be starters? And I think that's where the real question lies and possibly where the Magic could be in trouble. But then again, every team could be in trouble for that. Uh, so to answer again the question, I think the Magic have depth this year, and I think that will make them a better team. All right, on to our weekly series. We're going to be talking about this all week, the top 25 players in Orlando Magic history. I know it's the summer. It's the de- really, really dead times, and we'll talk plenty about Nikola Vucevic. He had a fantastic game against uh, against uh, Goran Dragic and, and Slovenia, I believe, uh, on, on Sunday or Saturday. Uh, we'll, we'll talk plenty about Nikola Vucevic and, and the run-up to Eurobasket. Talked a little bit about that before on the show. Uh, but right now, you know, we're going to spend the second segment this week talking about the greatest players in Magic history and our top 25 list. Uh, we had a panel of six, six uh, contributing writers to Orlando Magic Daily vote on this. Myself, Zach Palmer, David Iwanowski, no, Iwanowski Ryan Doyle, Carson Engel, Darway Chen, Vincent McMillan, and Spencer Henderson. We all... Submitted a list of 25. I took that list, kind of rank order, ranked them, you know, gave them a point value based on where everyone was ranked, and that's how we came up with our top 25 list. So I'm going to go through the players just kind of one by one and and, and briefly discuss uh, their careers just a little bit. Uh, We'll hopefully have some of the panel on throughout the week to talk a little bit more about this list as well. At number 25 on our list, we had Terry Catledge. He spent Three seasons with the Magic from 1990 to 93. It was the leading scorer on the Magic's initial team. Uh, Catledge was um, just a, a solid four. Like he probably again expansion team. You're not getting the greatest players in the world, uh, and certainly the Magic uh, did not did not having to rely so heavily on Catledge. Uh, he was a leading scorer on that team. Was a good veteran to have around. Solid rebounder, kind of man that power forward position. Was the first power forward for the team uh, until. You know, until pretty much Tom Tolbert came around three, two years later, or until Shaq came around, and then injuries began to slow him down. Uh, he was a, a pretty good player, um, someone that that we don't really talk a lot about in Magic history because he came in that pre-Shaq era. Uh, he he played one year with with O'Neal, uh, but wasn't a big contributor on that team, and so we don't talk very much about him. But but Catledge, obviously, his statistics speak for for themselves. 19.4 points per game and 7.6 rebounds per game that inaugural season. Uh, He was, you know, again, not ever really an all-star, certainly not with the Magic, uh, just gave them what they needed early on. And and so we recognize him uh, with the number 25 spot on our list. A a, a solid player, not a great player, but a solid player uh, in four seasons with the Magic. He averaged 15.3 points per game uh, as well as 6.8 rebounds per game. Uh, Started 
that 90, the nineteen ninety season and the nineteen ninety two season injuries just uh, ate him up just a little bit toward the end of his career. Number twenty four, Ryan Anderson. He's been higher on some other lists and statistics. Absolutely love him. We know Ryan Anderson really, really well. He's obviously had a pretty good career in the NBA, but he really had his breakout with the Orlando Magic following the following his acquisition uh, during the much still much debated Vince Carter Courtney Lee trade. Uh, but Ryan Anderson was the steal of that trade, really the real prize of that trade. He he uh, was just a, a fantastic shooter, and in the Stan Van Gundy offense. He was exactly what the team needed. Uh, Richard Lewis was slowing down. He had some knee issues. Uh, wasn't quite the same player. And Ryan Anderson came in and just fit that role perfectly. He made threes. He and and really the secret was he was a great offensive rebounder. Like no one talks about how good of an offensive rebounder Ryan Anderson was. And you know for a guy who was pretty much seen as as a role player, um, he for a guy who was pretty much seen as a role player. Uh, he provide. He did a lot more for the Magic, and, and and certainly one of the best best three point shooters in team history. Uh, in three seasons with the Magic, he averaged eleven point four points per game, shot a fifty four point nine percent effective field goal percentage. Uh, really peaked with sixteen point one points per game in two thousand twelve. That was the lockout shortened year. Um, many Magic fans still think the Magic should have kept him, and they maybe ended up picking Channing Fry ahead of him after. After two year, after you know, after one year in the rebuild, uh, but Ryan Anderson, just a very very solid player, certainly worthy of being on this list. I, I know some other lists have had him much higher. Uh, statistically, he checks out very very well, and so Anderson is certainly a player uh, we want to talk about and, and have on this list. At number twenty three, we have Tobias Harris. Um, Tobias, you know, there's certainly going to be some recency bias. No offense to the panel, but. Now, recency bias is very much a, a thing that exists, and, and Tobias Harris uh, was a very good player in a Magic uniform. He really had his breakout with the Magic, and um, you know, as a player, I think some guys are, some people are still kind of regretting is no longer on the team. Uh, he wasn't a great three-point shooter; he was still kind of a, an isolation scorer, and the Magic gave him the opportunity to play that way. Uh, in four seasons with the Magic, he averaged 15.6 points per game, uh, shot an even, actually shot an even 50% effective field goal percentage, 46.3%. Overall, added seven rebounds per game as well. Uh, again, really, really solid player. Just couldn't quite find his fit uh, with the Magic's rebuild plan. Um, he wasn't quite good enough to be a primary scorer, uh, but also wasn't uh, just couldn't quite find a role either. And so, um, you know, put up good numbers, and that gets him uh, in this list for sure. And... Number 22, we uh, we went with Reggie Theus. Uh, really, I mean, Reggie Theus did not have his best years with the Orlando Magic. He played only one year with the Magic. Um, his best years were well behind him. The Magic brought him in to be kind of the quote-unquote star of the expansion team. Uh, took him in the expansion draft, of course, uh, from the, I believe, from the Sacramento Kings. Uh, but Theus was a, a, a solid player. He averaged 18.9 points per game and a little more than five assists per game uh, for that expansion team. He was the face of the team. He was... The guy that 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 they market they marketed with uh, essentially, aside from it being a, a completely new team, um, and so Theus, not a guy that we should forget. Uh, same similar with Terry Catlish. A lot of those players on that first team that that didn't make it to Shaq are guys that we shouldn't forget. You know, there were some there were some 
players who put in their work for those expansion teams and, and really helped establish the Magic. And a guy like Terry Catledge and a guy like Reggie Theus are certainly part of that group. And so uh, our recognition for him, he comes in at number 22 on our list. Number 21 is Mike Miller. The 2001 Rookie of the Year, believe it or not, was a perfect sidekick to, to Tracy McGrady, in my opinion. Uh, he he averaged 14.1 points per game in his three seasons with Orlando, did a good job spreading the floor, a, a great three-point shooter, as we still know. He's still playing in the NBA today, believe it or not. Uh, it's hard to believe, actually. Uh, but he was just a great shooter. Him and McGrady were really, really tight. Um, a good foil for each other, just helped spread the floor for Daryl Armstrong, for Tracy McGrady to drive. Uh, he had some driving ability for himself, although he never really took control of games. Uh, honestly, the Magic probably traded him too soon. Uh, he was a, a really solid player, uh, and, you know, the, yes, the Magic got a little bit better trading him for Drew Gooden and Gordon Gearcheck, but uh, the Magic also... Uh, could have used this three-point shooting, and, and, and certainly they needed someone to, to kind of keep McGrady grounded and, and, and perhaps, you know, prevent a little bit of the craziness that was the, the 2004 season. Uh, so that is part one of our list, 21 through 25. Uh, tomorrow I'll be back with number 16 through 20. You can read a full write-up on this over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Uh, it's a fun list. So again, 25 through 21. 25 is Terry Catledge. 24, Ryan Anderson, 23, Tobias Harris, 22, Reggie Theus, and 21, Mike Miller, the 25 best players in Orlando Magic history. Uh, We'll be back with number 16 through 20 tomorrow. That'll do it for today's show of Locked on Magic. I want to thank everyone for listening once again. You can find us on iTunes, uh, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and now TuneIn Radio as well, so you have plenty of places to download us. Feel free to give search Locked on Magic to find us. Feel free to give us a rating or, or a comment or some type of review. Uh, we really appreciate the thoughts and, and, and the well wishes as well. Um, aside from that, be sure to follow us on Twitter at OmagicDaily. Uh, you can send us an email at OmagicDaily at gmail.com. And be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just about any NBA team that you could be looking for is now available on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, and so be sure to check those out. It's a... Uh, Certainly a fantastic resource as we get ready for the season, as you're trying to learn about some of the other teams, as you're trying to prepare for your fantasy basketball season. Um, you can check out uh, what's going on the latest with all the teams around the league. So be sure to check that out. On tomorrow's show, I'll be talking a little bit more about Frank Vogel and you know whether things will really be different um, with Frank Vogel as the head coach. Obviously, they will be to some extent, but uh, I think a lot. Of, I actually think a lot of the messaging is going to be the same uh, from the previous coach in Scott Skiles. And we'll also name number 16 through 20 on our top 25 list. So be on the lookout for that tomorrow on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But for now, I want to thank everyone again for listening. Uh, This has been Philip Rossman-Reich, and we will check you guys out tomorrow. You are Locked on Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. 
There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.